What is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, and we're back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. I hope y'all are having a great Wednesday or whatever day y'all are listening to this podcast on. I hope y'all's week has been fantastic and y'all continue to achieve everything that you want to achieve. Today, we actually have some pretty interesting news. Albert Pujols is going back to where it all started with the Cardinals, and then we've got a lot of NFL news to talk about. Really, my favorite news is going to be regarding Hard Knocks to HBO the HBO Max show and where that show will actually be taking place this year. So guys, before we do get into today's episode, I want to make sure first that y'all are please, please, please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. If you love funny and entertaining sports, just entertainment as a whole, definitely I suggest following both platforms. But besides that, let's get right into today's episode. And guys, for the first news we have, as you all know, we always got to do college football first. That's the main topic of you know, this this show, simply just because college football is one of the greatest things that ever exist, in my opinion, so, but um, the first news we have, and this is actually some really entertaining news, um, Johnny Menzo has said to multiple different people that he would be open to coming back to Texas A&M in a coaching role or an assistant role, um, this would be good for recruiting-wise, definitely for quarterbacks, I mean, not that A&M has had any trouble recruiting, I mean, they've gotten guys like Haynes King, and then They've gotten a couple other recruits, but, you know, definitely have not had a solid quarterback since Kyler Murray and Johnny Menzel were there. So, and yes, I did not forget about Killamon. Killamon was good, but he never took A&M past 8-4, and 9-3 and three seasons where, you know, A&M right now, after all the money they've spent giving Jimbo Fisher that huge contract extension, all the money they've put into that program, they expect, you know, 10-2, and 11-1. But you also got to remember, too, they are playing in one of the hardest conferences in all of college sports. But besides that, do I think it would be a good idea for Johnny Menzel to come back? Absolutely. It definitely would be a good branding opportunity for um, Texas A&M, getting a lot of more money Menzel shirts, anything like that. Definitely be cool to see him on the sidelines because he's, he's been actively still involved going to Texas A&M games and all that on the sidelines. But the only other thing I would have to ask is what would what would how would it impact, you know, the locker room because at the same time we all have to remember when Johnny Menzel was at Texas A&M he did have a lot of character issues and he did you know sometimes cause a lot of locker room issues just with players in general so definitely be interesting to see what happens because we all know he was a party first and then work hard type of guy so I'm hoping you know things have changed and he actually would look to step forward as a you know team first and then that comes later after the success you get on the field but nothing less that definitely be interesting to see if Johnny Menzel possibly could come back to Texas A&M in a coaching role it's been rumored by a lot of people but we're gonna I mean nothing's official it's just a rumor I highly doubt it because A&M they're so high up as a college football program right now I don't think they're gonna take him in just because simply for the fact they're trying to win national championships and I don't think getting a guy like Johnny Menzel and putting him on your team will get you a national championship nothing against Johnny Menzel I just don't think He's he's going to be more one of those fun coaches that lets everything slide versus getting a more serious tone coach that is looking to win yet still having bond with the players. But nothing less, still would be interesting to see how that happens. And then actually we do have more Texas A&M news. So Texas A&M star wide receiver DeMond DeMoss has officially entered his name into the transfer portal after he was suspended from Texas A&M a couple weeks ago stemming from some domestic violence charges and it's it's kind of sad to see because coming out of high school, he was a star, five-star recruit. I mean, he was so good in high school. 
and then him coming to Texas A&M kind of felt like the perfect fit considering all the other receivers that are going to be alongside him, even with Evan Stewart and all the other receivers that committed to A&M this past recruiting class. So kind of sad to see. But once again, he was already suspended from A&M. It was more just officially when he entered his name into the transfer portal. Definitely expect for like a school like Ole Miss or one of the smaller SEC schools or, you know, maybe a Big 12 school, TCU. I mean, TCU's always been known to give players a second chance with guys like Kenny Hill, who, you know, originally played at Texas A&M but completely funked after his that historic game he had against South Carolina, his first game ever. So definitely watch for teams like TCU and all that. Simply not for the fact, oh, you know, Fort Worth, one of the most flashy places you're going to want to go over, you know, Tuscaloosa or anything like that but simply for the fact that they are known to give guys like that a second chance with guys like Zach Evans, you know, Casey Paul Hall back in the day whenever he struggled a lot with addiction and everything, you know, TCU still kept him around. So definitely is a huge name that is now entering the transfer portal. But you got to remember, though, he's still going through a lot of legal situations. So it will be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, do I think he will probably play this this year? Uh depending on how his legal situation goes. If it if it gets cleared up and everything's okay, then, yeah, he'll probably end up transferring to, you know, possibly back to an SEC school. But still, he's he's had so many character issues even when he was – even before this charge. I mean, he's, he constantly has been suspended for a game, you know, suspended for a half, whatever it might be. So definitely a school that's going to be looking to be able to help him, you know, change his, I guess, mentality – definitely be good for him so I wish him nothing but the best though I'm hoping he gets the help he needs because if that's true though from that domestic violence charge he does need to suffer the consequences but once again he's still a star player and I, I in my opinion everyone deserves a second chance in life so I'm hoping with whatever second chance he gets he takes full advantage of it now guys that is it for the college football news once again there hasn't been a lot of crazy news spring ball is officially underway so obviously you know we'll talk a little bit more about that and kind of one of the more interesting news that I've been I've seen is the fact that Quinn Ewers, you know, the Ohio State transfer quarterback who transferred to uh, Texas, he's actually not solidified, you know, QB one for the Longhorns. From even Steve Sarkeesian and a lot of the coaching staff at Texas and some Texas reporters have even said Hudson Card and you know Quinn Ewers are practically neck to neck right now for the quarterback one position, which is not something good because if you don't remember Casey Thompson and Hudson Card last year practically fought to get that number one spot, but both played horrible. Because I remember when Hudson Card played that Arkansas game and he completely funked, and then Casey Thompson had to come in and kind of did good, and then you know Casey Thompson would have a bad game and they switched in Hudson Card so. Definitely is something interesting to keep your eye on. Obviously, it's probably for the fact that, you know, Quinn has no college experience. Even that one year he did have at Ohio State, he was practically, I think, number three or four on the depth chart. So he never saw the field except once, I think, early on in the season last year. So definitely something to keep your eye on because we all know Quinn Ewers is literally one of the highest-rated recruits of all time. You know, he's up there with guys like Peyton Manning, Jadavion Clowney in terms of star levels. So, Definitely. I've never bought the hype in Quinn Ewers, not for the fact he's not a talented kid. Like, he's got the arm talent. He's got all the accolades. He has got. He does have all the accolades that you want in a quarterback. He's got decent uh, pocket presence. But another thing is he's never really faced any anybody challenging, even in high school, because when he did face schools like Duncanville or even in, or like Denton Geyer and schools like that, he always seemed to just choke. So I'm hoping that's not the case because I do want to see him succeed. But definitely, UT fans do not get too overhyped at the fact y'all have him now because 
he, he hasn't shown anything in spring ball yet that is like, wow, that's quarterback one. Because if Hudson Card is still contending for that QB one spot, something is really wrong with Quinn. And they've got it. And Steve Sarkeesian and that whole coaching staff has got to figure out what they can do. Now, obviously, this is early on in spring ball, so there's no need to panic. But do not get overhyped and make your um, – your expectations so unrealistic that when you watch him in a spring game or you watch him the first game of the season and he underperforms, I just want you to make sure to be like, oh, okay, well, we all saw this coming because, you know, spring ball, he struggled with so-and-so, you know, so-and-so-and-so. And then, obviously, when it shows in the game, you'll be like, oh, okay, I remember why that happened. So, but nothing nothing against him. But, all right, guys, now that is it for college football news. So let's get on to the NFL side of today's news. And the first news we have is regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their, their starting center for, I think, eight years, Brandon Linder, he has announced his retirement from the NFL after eight seasons. Congratulations to Brandon on a great career, in my opinion, and also I hope you really enjoy retirement. Uh, so, And then the next next news we have is regarding the New York Jets. The New York Jets are signing former third overall pick, defensive end Solomon Thomas, to a one-year deal. It's kind of sad to see how Solomon Thomas's career has kind of just gone downhill because when you do watch his Stanford highlights, I mean, he has, like, Khalil Mack-type, you know, talent. Like, we all saw it. Yes, the Pac-12, one of the weakest conferences, in my opinion, in college football. But back when he was playing, you know, Oregon was still good. You know, Arizona State was still decent. USC was, and you know, 8-4 and four USC. But they were still decent teams. Washington, Washington State, all those teams were okay. And he was absolutely destroying quarterbacks, destroying through the line, pretty much bull rushing through um, offensive linemen. So I'm hoping with the Jets he'll get a lot more opportunity considering the fact that the Jets lost a lot of defensive players. Um, I think Carl Lawson should be able to come back this year after he suffered that torn ACL to begin last offseason after getting signed from the Bengals. So Definitely the Jets are, are actually making some pretty underrated signings. I love the DJ Reed signing they made a week or two ago, um, getting him from the Seattle Seahawks for only $10 million a season. I mean, kid was a stud ever since Kansas State, so nothing less great signing for the New York Jets. Uh, the next news we have is regarding the Atlanta Falcons, and this is kind of the more underrated news in my opinion. The Atlanta Falcons are signing wide receiver Auden Tate to a one-year deal. I love this for the Falcons, considering they don't have any solidified wide receiver one or really any wide receiver two, to be honest. And getting a guy like Auden Tate, who had proved to be a solid starter for the Bengals before they got T. Higgins, before they got Jamar Chase and all those great wide receivers and weapons. You know, obviously he got pushed down a lot of the depth charts simply because those guys, you know, exploded on the scene. Nothing against Auden Tate. He has had some injury issues, but... You know, the fact that the Falcons are going to get a guy like him for cheap that could possibly, easy, you know, just be a Band-Aid fix until they figure out who's going to be their wide receiver one for the future is a great signing for the Atlanta Falcons, in my opinion. He's definitely capable of giving you 700-plus yards this season. And I know, yes, being a wide receiver one is not a lot, but the fact that, you know, the Falcons really right now are probably at the lowest low they've been in years considering coming off that Super Bowl loss a couple years ago. I mean, this it's their offense is practically just nobodies. And I'm not going to say – I'm not going to be like, you know, a guy that has never played in the NFL. I can't call anybody no nobodies. But considering they had Matt Ryan, you know, not obviously not a prime Todd Gurley, but they had, you know, a shell of Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley. You know, it, it's kind of sad to see that all just demolish. And, yes, they still have Cordero Patterson, but at the same time, you know, 
you still have to you still you can't just rely on one single player to make your offense go around. So definitely will be interesting to see what the Atlanta Falcons come this year. Uh, the next news we have is regarding the Arizona Cardinals. They have signed offensive guard Will Hernandez to a one-year deal. In my opinion, it's solid. Obviously, Will, when he had his, I think it was 2018, his rookie year, he was really good for the Giants, and everyone thought, okay, this is a future all-pro, pro bowl-type offensive guard. But slowly, it seemed like every single year he started to deteriorate, deteriorate, whether it was injuries or just simply not being able to come off the line. So definitely be interesting to see if he does good for the Cardinals. I hope he does because it will really give Kyler no excuse anymore because Obviously, not having DeAndre in the playoffs was going to be his main excuse for why they lost the game. But And also, he probably would have blamed it on the offensive line if he could have. So, definitely, you know, the Cardinals are still trying to find a way to, you know, get the best use out of Kyler Murray they can before they have to pay him $40 million a season considering the salary cap and, you know, the high expectations for pay that quarterbacks are wanting nowadays. So, uh, the next news we have. It's regarding the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are signing quarterback Andy Dalton to a one-year deal. Obviously, this is just more of having a backup because obviously they signed Jameis Winston to be the starter. Andy Dalton has proved to be a reliable backup. Obviously, he's not the best backup, but just having him, a veteran presence who has started many years in the league for the Bengals, is definitely good to have in your quarterback room. And some more New Orleans Saints news. The New Orleans Saints and Taysom Hill have announced that Taysom will focus on being strictly a tight end this year, the head coach Dennis Allen said to many reporters. Um, not really not really shocking in my opinion because we all saw how the quarterback experiment from Taysom Hill worked. It didn't really go the way I think they wanted, and obviously he's been more he's been more used as a utility tool the past couple seasons, so finally getting him to stick to one position might be good. I definitely do think they could try him at running back a little bit, kind of like a Cordero Patterson type. Um, player, but nothing less. It, I don't think he. I think his best days have passed him as a quarterback, and I think him being used more as a utility and kind of, you know, a third and short threat because simply defenses are going to be scared because they're not going to know where it's going to go. Because when you have Alvin Kamara and also Taysom Hill in the backfield, you're not going to know who's going to get the ball because it could either be a triple option type thing like the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins and all of them, or it'll end up being some weird funky pass that ends up Taysom Hill ends up throwing 55 yards for a bomb. So <laughs> it definitely, definitely will be interesting to see if he stays a tight end the whole year. I don't think he will because I think if Jameis goes down and Andy Dalton ends up being the starting quarterback, I definitely think they're going to eventually try and move Taysom Hill back either to the backup position or they will move him to the starting position. So uh, the next news we have, it's regarding the New, the New England Patriots. They are signing safety Jabril Peppers to a one-year deal. I love this signing for the New England Patriots simply for the fact Jabril has proven to be a, a very be above average safety in the league. Obviously with the Giants, he's been average to say the least, but he still has shown glimpses of that amazing talent that he had back in Michigan. And even with the Cleveland Browns before he got traded with it, with um, through the Odell Beckham trade. But nothing less great for the New England Patriots to get another safety in a pretty, you know, shallow secondary in my opinion after losing guys like Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson and yes they did get Malcolm Butler but they still have a lot of holes to fix so definitely expect Jabril Preppers probably to play a little bit of corner sometimes or play a lot of very shallow safety simply for the fact that secondary is not as strong as it was once for the New England Patriots uh, the next news we have is regarding the Baltimore Ravens and head coach John Harbaugh and as we had spoken about I think 
couple weeks back, John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens had been working on a contract extension, and it finally went through. Um, both sides have agreed to a three-year contract extension, which makes John Harbaugh the third longest tenured active coach in the NFL. So great, honestly. I don't think John Harbaugh is a bad coach. Injuries have killed the Ravens the past couple seasons. Obviously, losing guys like Marcus Peters was was huge on them, and losing guys like J.K. Dobbins, who really makes your offense, you know, go around. It it's always been injuries for the Ravens for some reason. It's not about talent. They have the talent. They have talent to be able to win playoff games, but it's just not talent's never there to go and win playoff games. So definitely is a good good contract extension for both sides just because I love John Harbaugh he plays those player strengths once again you know obviously transitioning from Joe Flacco to um, Lamar Jackson you know going from a not a pro style but you know more of a more of a throwing heavy offense to a a running offense simply for the fact that's what that's what Lamar ran at Louisville and that's what worked for him and I know Louisville was not the most successful program when Lamar was there but Lamar literally single-handedly made Louisville almost prominent again, kind of like how Teddy Bridgewater did back in the day with him and Devontae Parker. So besides that, that is really it for the signing news. There hasn't been too, too much. But now for the like announcements and kind of some more of the more interesting news, all-pro defensive tackle Aaron Donald has announced that he will be returning to the Rams next season and that the two sides are both working on a new contract extension to keep the Hall of Fame defensive tackle in L.A., uh, not really shocked. I never thought he was going to retire. I think for the fact that the Rams still have all that talent, even after losing Von Miller and Darius Williams to free agency, they still have a ton of talent. They're obviously the offense got even better with the signing of Allen Robinson. So I, it wouldn't make sense for him to leave yet. Obviously, if the Rams were on a decline or rebuilding type mode, yeah, Definitely would probably would not be shocked, but nothing less. I think he's going to want to chase a couple more rings just to continue to add to his already his impressive accolade resume in the NFL. So great news for you LA Rams fans. The next news we have is regarding the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions actually have a couple news really. I mean, it's the Lions. It seemed like you know for agency was kind of a bummer. They did only sign DJ Chark, which was a good signing. Don't get me wrong. But it definitely felt like they could have gone out and gotten a lot more, even though they don't have the best cap situation. They definitely could have at least gotten a lot more secondary pieces. But besides that, the Detroit Lions and the NFL have announced that the Lions will be featured on Hard Knocks this summer. I cannot wait to see Dan Campbell behind the scenes because every player that's played for him in the Lions so far has said they've loved him. They've loved his energy. I've loved the press conferences, press conferences he's had so far. It's just just his stature on the just his stature on the sideline and what he gives these players every single game and the pure passion he has for them I can't wait to see him behind the scenes I can't wait to see the, how the Detroit Lions genuinely work behind the scenes because I've always kind of wondered what makes people like their careers deteriorate in Detroit so this will definitely be interesting to see now the next Detroit Lions dudes we actually have the Detroit Lions in the NFL have announced that the, that the Lions will be hosting the 2024 NFL Draft at Ford Field, which Detroit was chosen over cities like Green Bay and Washington, D.C. Uh, definitely kind of shocked Washington getting didn't get it simply for the location, but nothing less. I think Detroit needed to be included in something for once, and Detroit's finally going to be able to host a draft, so I'm really happy for Detroit Lions fans. Detroit also announced that they will be getting new uniforms as well. 
really hoping some more throwback uniforms or like kind of like what the Buccaneers did with their uniforms where they kind of went back to the traditional but also keeping some of the new elements because obviously the Bucks have some of the best uniforms in the game. So definitely will be good for the Lions. Uh, the next news we have is actually regarding more uniform news. And this is personally some of my favorite news. The Philadelphia Eagles, they are bringing back the old Kelly Green uniforms in 2023. Sad we don't get them in 2022. But nonetheless, they are officially coming back. It was pretty much already a thing that it was going to happen considering the NFL allowed for the two-helmet rule. They passed a couple months ago. But now we officially have the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles will be bringing back those amazing uniforms. So huge news for all NFL fans, and especially huge news for you Philadelphia Eagles fans. Uh, the next news we have is regarding the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills have announced a 30-year deal for a new $1.4 billion stadium in Orchard Park, which is hoping to be completed by 2026. Uh, this, is, this was pretty much it had to happen considering the fact that the current Buffalo Bills stadium is way too small and the fact that the Buffalo Bills continue are continuing to get, have a growing fan base and the fact their stadium I think only holds 40 50,000 which is still a lot but it obviously is one of the more smaller stadiums in professional sports and the fact that you know the Buffalo Bills once again are one of the more prominent teams in the NFL they're going to need a lot more um, not a lot more space. They're going to need a lot more seats to be able to fill all the fans that are going to want to go to these games. So definitely it makes sense for the city and for the Buffalo Bills. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. It's supposed to be an open-air stadium, so it's not going to be a dome considering you know they do play in western New York and it is constantly cold. But I think Buffalo wants to be able to continue to keep that kind of tradition of being one of the coldest you know cities to play in when it comes to early winter. So... Huge news for Buffalo Bills, in my opinion. I know they really haven't liked the current stadium they've been in for the past couple of years, and they've been discussing moving. I know Austin was rumored to be a place that Buffalo would go to if the city of New York, or, um, if if New York didn't allow for them to make a new stadium. So obviously, Buffalo wanted to be able to keep the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo and not become the Austin Bills. But the Buffalo Bill fans, y'all will be staying in. Buffalo for at least another decade or so. So that's huge news. Um, and actually, the most important news, and this is actually something that needed to be happened. This was something that took way too damn long. The NFL owners have passed an overtime rule that will allow both teams to possess the ball in overtime during playoff games. Now, we all saw during the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills game this past year in the playoffs, what a you know, I'm not going to say an S show it was simply for the fact that both teams have been offensively juggernauts in that game and the defense never stood a chance. So the fact is more about a coin toss who's going to win that game kind of was unfair. And yes, I know it, that's just how the game is. But, you know, you could you but and also people the same argument. Why can't your defense just stop them? It's it's just more one of those things where the defense literally can. I mean, it's hard to stop Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, which we'll never have to see again. But it's hard to stop guys like that that are pretty much unstoppable on offense. So, you know, relying on your offense is one of the things that kept Buffalo, in, uh, you know, alive in that game. And the fact that they never even got a chance to prove themselves kind of really ruined the reputation of that rule. So definitely huge for the NFL and their owners to finally pass this rule. So, guys, that is actually it for today's NFL news. Definitely expect a lot more jersey news. Definitely expect a lot more contract news. And just expect 
a lot more news to be coming because obviously as we get closer to the summer, a lot more trades are going to happen, a lot more contract extensions, and just good news in general for football fans. And I'm super excited that we are slowly making our way even closer to preseason football and just getting football back because I know we all we all need football right now. So now guys, let's get into some MLB news. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they're signing outfielder Cattell Marte to a five-year, $76 million contract. I mean, not really much to say for the Diamondbacks. They're obviously going to be a bottom feeder team this year. But definitely keeping a guy like Cattell Marte is huge for them. And considering the fact that I'm kind of shocked he didn't leave in free agency to go play for a, you know, a contending team. But nothing less, he still is getting paid a buttload of money to simply just play mediocre baseball. So <laughs> good job to Cattell Marte on getting the bag, literally. And, and this is my favorite news of, of the whole day. The St. Louis Cardinals are signing Albert Pujols to a one-year deal. Albert already announced that this year will be his final year. So he is finishing his MLB career right where it all started. I love this. Obviously, he's probably going to be playing a lot of DH considering the Universal DH officially takes an effect this year. So National League, well, he'll be able to play that. Obviously, they're not going to put him at first base. But, you know, maybe occasionally they will considering, you know, it's Albert Pujols, but nothing less. It is still cool to see Albert Pujols being able to come back to the St. Louis Cardinals at least for one more year, considering the historic run, those 11 years that he did have with them. So cool. it's just it's cool for the St. Louis Cardinals to do this. Obviously, he's not the same Albert Pujols he was a, a decade and a half ago, but he still is able to crush the ball. He showed it with the Dodgers at least this past year. So cool signing for the St. Louis Cardinals and Albert Pujols. And guys, that is actually it for today's news. I hope y'all really did enjoy today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for y'all. Guys, before I do, before y'all do go, please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. Link will always be in down in the description below. Guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Wednesday, and I will see y'all back here on Friday.